Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How many uh, is it really early age exposure to pornography? So the, the data shows, you know, these are not this is not data from rebuilt recovery. Like this is actually research that anybody can find online that the average age of first exposure right now is 11 years old. Um, and it's and it's just declining day by day by day by day by day. You know, you, you said something to me at the beginning uh, before we started recording that you were around six. Um, it was the same same for me. So my you know, my my kind of first exposure was at six years old. This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast. I speak with those who have taken the darkest times of their lives and share their stories to educate, motivate, and inspire others to be their best self. That's what Knocking Doors Down is all about. I'm your host, Jason. I accepted that I'm powerless against alcohol, and in my sobriety, I've confronted my unaddressed childhood and adult trauma, as well as severe anxiety and depression. My guest on this episode of the Knocking Doors Down podcast, Frank Rich. Frank is a former bodybuilder, entrepreneur, men's health coach, and the host of the Superhuman Life podcast. After living with and battling a porn addiction depression, and anxiety for almost 20 years was his mission to help men who are suffering with the same issues to take control of their lives through the power of faith and fitness. Frank is also the founder and CEO of Rebuilt Recovery, a company based on growth-centric holistic approaches to addiction recovery. By providing fitness training for men going through recovery, as well as one-on-one coaching for men aiming to break free from porn addiction. Frank is the author of The 7-Step Guide to Living Life Without Porn, which you can download a free copy by clicking the link in the podcast description for RebuiltRecovery.com. If this is your first time listening, please hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. All the links are in the description. We couldn't do knocking doors down without 5150 LTM. If you want some cool hats, shirts, sweatshirts, maybe some sweatpants, I've got my favorite camouflage 5150 sweatpants on right now. Head on over to the store and check it out by going to 5150LTM.com or click the link in the podcast description. Then at checkout, use the code KDD20. That's KDD20 and get 20% off your entire order. The author of The 7-Step Guide to Life Without Porn, Frank Rich. Thanks for joining me on Knocking Doors Down. Jason, good to be here, brother. Thank you. Yeah, we are going to dig into this. Um, I kind of have a feeling you and I, some similar backgrounds, maybe childhood trauma and other stuff that that we'll unveil. But I got to know why. Why did your life turn to helping people? And, And most of the times, the misconception is helping men with pornography issues. No, women are falling into this category. They're becoming more transparent about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's a good point to make, right? Um, it is, you know, it is a, a human issue, both, both men and women. Here at Rebuilt Recovery, though, we have really planted our flag 
on the male side of things. Mm. Um, and there's reasons, you know, behind that. Like I'm, you know, I'm a marketer. I understand um, messaging. I understand creating avatars. I understand really dialing a, a, a niche. Um, and the more narrow you can get in who it is you're serving, the better that message is going to be able to come across, sure. particularly reach those. I mean, the podcast work that we do obviously reaches both men and women. But in terms of the coaching, um, I've had women reach out. And at this point, we're not interested in bringing them into our world. Um, a for one, because I think it the men need a safe place to have sure. the conversation, right? I think that's the biggest thing that I'm hoping we get out of here today is just the openness and willingness to explore this conversation. I think that's important. And I think that really helps men that are struggling, you know, really begin to remove a lot of that shame. You know, you you only have shame because you're not talking about what what you're struggling through. The minute you open it up and you you realize like my behaviors, my addiction, they are not a part of me. They're choices and decisions that I made. Because that's what shame ultimately is, right? It's like you looking at something that you're doing and saying, because I'm doing this, that makes me a bad person. Yep. And none of us are bad people. We may make some bad choices. We may make bad decisions in life, but that shouldn't allow us to look at ourselves through the negative lens. So I know I'm not answering your question here, but do focus <laughs> on serving the men because our, our mission is ultimately bigger than just removing porn out of these men's lives. I don't think that the actual problem that men are struggling with is with porn in and of itself. I think a lot of times it's an identity issue. So over okay. the last 18 months, you know, our, if you call it mission statement or, you know, purpose of what we're creating with Rebuild Recovery is no longer about helping men overcome porn addiction. That was where I started. And I'll sure. get to answering your question here in a minute. Um, <laughs> we've, we've evolved it into helping men become better men by quitting porn first and then rebuilding their lives. So I do feel I have a unique skill set um, in terms of at least the the industry that I'm in with having a background in corporate leadership, being a trainer for you know, 15, 20 years, being a bodybuilder, um, leading large and small teams. Like if I just helped men remove porn and I didn't actually give them tools to become a better man, to become a better father, to become a better leader, to become a, be a better business owner, then I wasn't utilizing my full skill set. So to answer your question, why did I do this? It's because it's what I'm here to do. You know, this yeah. was not something I, I, you know, when I was in high school and you're writing down career day, what do you <laughs> want to do? Yeah, I want to work in the porn, you know, the porn addiction industry. Um, <laughs> actually, to be honest, like up until 2018, 2019, I didn't even really know that there was a real industry for sure. these things. Um, but getting it out of my life uh, three and a half, almost four years ago, the way that I began to see the world a whole mm -hmm. lot differently, the way that I began to see myself in the world incredibly different led me to launching a podcast. So everything I do here started with just a mission to share my story to help transform people's lives. So I launched a podcast in July of 2019. It's called The Superhuman Life. We're right. 141 episodes. It's a weekly um, interview style show. Um, and, and, and for me, the podcast was because, like I said, I began to see the world a whole lot differently as I was going through what, you know, what we call like a reboot, where your brain begins to kind of rewire, you begin to see things a whole lot differently, you begin to experience more purpose and joy and meaning in this world. So had always been interested in podcasting, I'd been a, you know, consumer and listener for for many, many years. Um, and, 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 and during my struggles and my addiction, I actually had probably 10 to 15, maybe even more like podcast ideas that I wanted to start it. 
uh, that I wanted to start. It was it was literally me having to go through this journey that revealed to me like this is the this is going to be the story yeah. of the podcast. So episode one was you know the ninety minute kind of journey you know from addicts you know uh, struggling with sex, drugs, alcohol, pornography being the big one uh, to ultimately you know transcending that, overcoming that, realizing like I was meant for so much more. Uh, that led us to the podcast. You know, three, four months into the podcast, we had tons of success and you got recognized by Apple, new and noteworthy. Um, I'd had, you know, I'd had a, an email list that, you know, was on the fitness side and I had a little bit of a public, um, you know, Instagram and whatnot. So we were able to kind of get some early traction. Sure. Um, but what's interesting, Jason, is, you know, three, four months into the show, it's like the messages that I began to receive from men, because I've been coaching people online. So it was always, you know, people would send me messages weekly or emails. Hey, thank you for your programs. Thank you for, you know, the stuff you're putting on Instagram. Thank you for the YouTube videos. Like you're helping us get bigger. You're helping us get stronger. You're helping us get shredded six pack, uh, which is amazing, right? If you can help somebody transform their physique, if that's going to go on to help them live a better life, I think that there's a lot of meaning in that. But what's cool, Jason, is those messages of thank you for helping me build my body slowly started to stop. And it was thank you for your conversations. Thank you for your yeah. vulnerability. Thank you for your willingness to address the topics that most people won't, you know, won't, won't look into. So that was the first three, four months. Yeah. And it's hard for, for men. I, I, I think I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 44. I'm about what, five, six years older. Yeah. I'll be 39 actually uh, here in three days. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Five years. Right, right on. Yeah. No, I got your email. I meant to tell you a happy early birthday because I awesome, subscribed bro. to your emails. I've been enjoying those and I highly recommend people do it because you give nuggets no matter what uh, somebody might be struggling with. That's uh, really good for life in general. But it, it does fascinate me too. And I, I was sitting here thinking as in the, the sponsor work that I'm starting to do in uh, AA, but I think it's good you don't work with women because I've had some female friends reach out to me and I've gone, I will connect you with a female that you can mm -hmm. trust. And they're like, well, I trust you. And it's like, no, 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 no. Because you start to build intimacy and my yeah. stuff and your stuff. And then all of a sudden there's this intimacy and there can be a boundary that ends up crossed. So I think it's, it's good that you do that and give men that safe space to have conversation because it's hard. I, I grew up in the don't, you know, don't talk about it yeah. push through kind of era. And, and I'm sure you're running into that with so many of the people that you're men that you're working with. Absolutely. I mean, right. That's, I mean, there's an entire, so I did a podcast episode here recently with, uh, uh, with a gentleman, Dr. John Schinnerer. Um, he's a psychologist, uh, runs the evolved, uh, caveman podcast. Um, yeah. he's really, yeah, he's really been diving deep into this man box culture stuff. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but, um, it's this whole, you know, kind of psychology world where it's like, you know, boys have just been, um, you know, they've really been hardened. And, and I think there's elements that, that are truthful here. I do think that men should be hard. I think we should be strong. I think we should, we should be tough. We should have the ability to control our emotions. That doesn't mean that we're emotionless, but, right. um, you know, right. It's like, as young boys, it's like you, you fall down, you scratch your knee. It's like, you know, brush it off. You know, like yeah. we don't put some know, dirt on it, kid. Put some dirt on it. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't, we, 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 we don't cry. You know, we don't express emotions. Here's an interesting part, man, is, um, for me, I had a grown man tell me he loves me for the first time in 2018. Um, and wow. I didn't, I didn't accept it right out of the gate. It was actually one of my best friends in the world. Um, and he's actually responsible for bringing me to my faith. But, um, it was interesting because we had been talking weekly. Like we would always get on these, you know, hour long zoom calls. We were working through business struggles. I was going through a lot of relationship things. Um, at the time when I met Josh, I was really caught up in my porn addiction and I had some issues with drugs and alcohol as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but Josh just loved on me, man. And he showed me uh, a different type of men. Um, that that are out there 
And, and there was one day where we were just having a real deep conversation. I forget what the topic was, but as we're ending the call, I was like, all right, Josh, I'll talk to you next week or whenever the thing was going to be. He's like, you too, man. I love you. And we hung up and it was, I was so uncomfortable with what he said, Jason, I literally sent him a text message right away. And I said, did you just tell me you love me? Like, don't ever do that again. Hmm. Um, and he kind of chuckled back, you know, like, oh, it's okay. What, whatever. But as I've, you know, a gotten free of pornography as yeah. I've really leaned more into my faith and really tried to become more Christ-like, but also because I was telling you how, how different I see the world and how different I see myself yeah. living in this world. Um, I tell all of our men that, that I love them, not right out of the gate. Um, you know, so we host group coaching calls about week four, week five, as we're exiting the call is usually when I'll drop the first, I love you guys. Um, and it's cool because you get to see the progression of these men. So that first 10, you maybe get one or two that respond back by the end of the 16 weeks, every single one of those men is responding with that term of endearment. Now, in addition to running the recovery side of coaching that I do, I also have a small role, um, in a business coaching mastermind where I work with upcoming, up and coming entrepreneurs. There's right. a young man that I was working with in, in the fitness space. So that's what he, that's what we do is we help people build um, and scale their online fitness company. So this young man was somebody that I was working with. He was a mentee of mine, I guess you could say inside of this mastermind. Um, but I really felt a connection to him. And, and in fact, I felt almost like he belonged in my world. Um, and I think he felt a draw to me as well, just based around the conversations that we had. Well, I got an opportunity to meet him in person. Everything we've been doing had been done virtually through Zoom. Well, we had an event in April in Nashville. It was the first time I got to meet him in person. And after spending three days with him, you know, at dinner, at the event, helping him kind of work through some issues, um, as the event was over, um, I wanted him to know how much I cared. And, 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 and I ultimately want to know who I was and how I showed affection to other men. So um, at the end of a conversation, I was like, I love you, dude. I, I really want you to know that. And instantly when I said it, I felt his guard go up and that just huh. revealed to me like okay there was a reason why i was drawn to you and there was a reason why i could feel sure. um a sense of connection that i feel with the same men because when i said that it's like this this young man had never been told that by a strong man in his life and we've had some conversations you know since then about it um that is you know just reconfirmed what what my own beliefs are that this is just a guy that has never been told that it's okay to express that level of affection and intimacy to another grown man the Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. It's an incredibly hard thing to come to. I know it took me a while working through stuff, uh, you know, and for me, it wasn't so much that I wouldn't uh, say or accept that with with other men. My biggest challenge and I tell me if you've ran into this was I didn't believe it from women when they mm. would say that I was like, what do you want? What are you trying to work? What's the angle? What's the manipulation? Uh, and of course, stems from my trauma. Have you found that with other men too? 
because for me, it was very boundary up, even though, you know, I definitely sexually acted out and all those things, but there was still something with as far as actual real intimacy and, and people oftentimes sit there and mistake, you know, sexuality should be intimacy, but it isn't always. And so for me, I was always on guard with that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it's so much that I would, that I would say I run into men that are unable to accept love from a woman. What I see more often is like a fear of sure. a woman, right? You know, especially with the, the younger men that have just been, you know, born and raised in this, in this porn culture, every interaction, you know, since the time that they were 11, 12 years old, that they've had with a grown woman has been behind the scenes in a spectator um, type, type of thing. So think about it. If, if since the age of 12, you're watching people have sex and that's what, and that's in, 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 in the world is telling you like sex is intimacy and intimacy is sex. And there's no, you know, there's no other type of intimacy other than what you're watching on the screen. Well, every time you're consuming it or every time you're involved in it, you're sitting on the sidelines, right? As a spectator, like you're not involved in, in the act of it. So what's going on inside a young man's mind, right? Like our, our brains are not fully developed as men till 26, 27 years old. So at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, I'm learning sex education from a porn screen, right? And the sex education is teaching me that I'm just supposed to be here on the outside as a voyeur, as a consumer, as a spectator to it. So when I'm presented with an opportunity to approach a brutal woman in real life, I don't know how to talk to her. Yeah. I, I don't know how she's going to respond because the only thing I've ever wanted out of a woman was a physical release. Like I've never had the ability to actually create you know, intimacy through a conversation to look the woman in her eyes. Um, so that's where I see uh, more men struggling, not fear of, is she going to love me? It's fear of the woman, just the woman. So I don't, I don't know if that really answers your question specifically, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I was just curious about that. I, I, I'm kind of selfish in these things. I ask all the questions I want. I figure I get a free session. <laughs> <laughs> those make the, the those those make the best ones, right? It's like right. I've, I've done 150 of these things. Like, if you want, you know, my main talking points, like they're out there, man. Let's get into let's get into your mind, man. Yeah. It, um, so, what it, maybe uh, data wise, working with men and through you've seen with the the, the work. How many, uh, is it really early age exposure to pornography? Is there sexual abuse? Is there addiction in the home? And I, I, you know, I'm guessing, you know, you talked about it, alluded to it. You had an alcohol drug problem. I had an alcohol drug problem. Are you seeing that as a big commonality with this? Absolutely, man. And I, and I believe it's because how you do one thing is how you do everything. Um, I'll answer the first question first and then, and then, and then circle back to that one. Um, so the, the data shows, you know, these are not, this is not data from rebuilt recovery. Like this is actually research that anybody can find online that the average age of first exposure right now is 11 years old. Um, and it's, and it's just declining day by day, by day, by day, by day. You know, you, you said something to me at the beginning, uh, before we started recording that you were around six. Um, it was the same, same for me. So my, you know, my, my kind of first exposure was at six years old, but it was at to, it was a magazine that I found, you know, in my dad's, you know, sock drawer. Um, 
every, you know, every, not every 11 year old, but, but 90% of the 11 year old, 90, 80% of the six year olds right now, if you, if you saw them in a restaurant, they would have a tablet in their hand. If you saw them at home, they would have an iPhone in their hand. And here's the thing is no longer does a young boy have to go into his dad's sock drawer when his parents aren't home, hoping he's going to find something. It's right there in that, in that, that smartphone that's in his pocket, 24 hours, seven days a week. And here's the even scarier part for parents out there, right? Is like the child doesn't have to go look for it it will find them yeah. i've had conversations with parents uh that will like download videos off of youtube and the youtube video will be linked with an ad an advertisement to a porn site you know these 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 apps these 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 technologies these companies these devices they are money making machines mm -hmm. they don't care about you they don't care about humanity they don't care about your children if yeah. that quote unquote AI, the algorithm, the, 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 the smart technology that's smarter than both you and I combined knows that there's a young vulnerable person on the other side, it will figure out a way to present certain things to them. And that's all that needs to happen with a young kid, right? They need to be, they need to be presented something that's going to begin to kind of like, like stir up their curiosity. Then they're going to go willingly down the rabbit hole in and of themselves. So yeah, it's this, this, this part is a very big top, top, talking point that I'm passionate about. It's not really involved in the work that sure. we do other than just raising the awareness and trying to help men get free because I'll have, I'll have, you know, dads come out to me like, how, how can I prevent my kid from, you know, falling into the trap that I'm in right now? Like, well, well, don't worry about them first because nothing you do with them will work if you're still struggling it with yourself. So I try mm -hmm. to help the men realize like you need to find freedom from this thing first before you're going to keep it out of your children. It's very much the, the put the mask on, put your mask on before securing your child. 100%, 100%, right? You know, what's, what's, the, what's the quote from Jordan Peterson? Um, clean up your own room before you go out and try to save the world, yeah. right? So, um, no, yeah, so that's, 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 that's what we've seen. Yeah, I find it interesting. I mean, just think about even with, uh, you know, most social media now, it's not, there's, you're not, it's not about reading something or what are you just sit and scroll and you get an ad. I mean, shoot, I don't know how it was. If we saw a girl in a thong, this was a rarity. Here you go. That's what it's all over. It's these simple things that can easily catch, you know, you go there and I know this is the stuff that I have to check myself on. I, I just do. It's the defense I have to put up just like with my drinking. Mm. Oh goodness. Oh good. I have to not get, uh, um, start being inquisitive. Like, whoa, who's that? Then click on the profile. Oh, they got a link. And I mean, all this shit, it can just roll really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our brains aren't, our brains aren't built for, for any of that. Um, you know, and this is, this, this is a, like, this is a problem that I see. So I will, I will have men that come into the program and they're like, Frank, I'm, I'm committed to quitting porn. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of this. And we've, I've, I've had to kind of change the first couple of weeks where we really focus in on the social media side, because for like six months, I, I couldn't understand, like, why are these guys struggling? Like, why are they having these relapses? And I was realizing like, if you stop looking at porn, but then you spend your day scrolling through fitness IG models, like that will lead you to a relapse because yeah. so so 
in, in, in the porn space, like that, that would be called like, like an edging, edging effect. So if, if we bring a little bit of neuroscience in here, um, if you're okay with that. So Please. if we understand dopamine, dopamine is a chemical that is released when we're in the pursuit of our goals. What happens with the internet streaming pornography? It's a super normal stimulus. So it creates like a level 10 hit of dopamine. Um, you know, maybe going to the gym because it's a goal that's aligned with something outside of yourself. You get like a six, you know, maybe if you're working on like a passion project, you're, you're building a business, like you'll get an eight, but porn's going to give you a 10, which is like a way bigger number. Well, maybe scrolling on a fitness model is going to give you like a seven, 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 seven. And as I'm, as I'm scrolling, it's like every new stimulus is like a new hit, new hit, new hit, new hit, new hit. Well, your brain knows that it's only getting seven. It knows where it can get 10 and it wants that ultimate pleasure, right? So eventually you're going to lose conscious control of what's going on. You're gonna feel the temptations, you're gonna feel the triggers. And before you know it, because you've just been mindlessly scrolling on Instagram all day long, edging, getting up to the edge, getting up to the edge, getting up to the edge, you will fall over the clip. So now in our program, we actually walk these guys through. And number one, like I, I would recommend to most men, like if you're struggling with this, and social media isn't your business. So for me, like our entire platforms are on social media. I mean, right. everything we do is through the internet. So if I could, I would delete them all. I had to, I spend as much as minimal as time as possible on these apps. No, uh, but a lot of men are coming in. Like these guys are working, you know, they're working in finance or, you know, they're, 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 they're working in the corporate world or, or, or they're doctors or whatever. It's like, you guys don't need this. Like, and yeah. we'll just shut it down for, for a little while, take it off your phone um, and just see how much more time you get back. But if they do need to use it for whatever reason, I'm not willing to completely shut it down. We walk them through a process of kind of how to reset that you know how to change your sure. explorer page so these things aren't jumping out at you but it's it's an everyday battle it's something you constantly need to be aware about like still still to this day i'm three and a half years you know clean and there will be things that show up on my explore page and instagram i'm like how the hell did that get there yeah. because these apps and these algorithms know that i'm a man you know almost 38 you know almost 39 years old the demographics show that my you know or, or the data shows that my demographics consume these type of things and, yeah. and we know what that leads to. So they're gonna constantly feed those things. But if you are aware enough and you put in the groundwork, you can't work through it. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I want a better gut health, more energy and to optimize my immune system. If you're like me, you hate popping pills, taking vitamins, well I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. And I wanted to see what the hype was all about. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. No matter what your lifestyle is, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 can work for you. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. AG1 costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. 
Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. To uh, one of my mentors, a guy, a gentleman named Greg Champion, he calls it a, a digital scrub. It's uh, mm. said, it, in no different in doing it with your social media. It's kind of like the 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 Susie Tahoe, the uh, Carla uh, Los Angeles, you know, the, it, just the person where you met him and whatever. You, you got to have that same mentality with this, yeah. whatever it is that holds a connection to. Like you said, we lose total impulse control. It takes over. Our brain goes into a totally different mode altogether. Yeah. Um, it's it's freaking scary. I, you know, to be transparent, I could think of times where bad day, didn't want to drink, was kind of early working that recovery process. And then the next thing I noticed, three hours have passed of watching porn. Not that I necessarily mm-hmm. masturbated or whatever it was. I just went there and I'm like, how did I waste three hours of my life? just sitting and looking at at this it of waste like gone it's gone yeah. guys we don't know how much time we got in this life it's gone so the mind is a powerful thing man and in the subconscious brain you know operates at 11 million data points per second and the the conscious brain is only 40. now what does that mean to anybody probably not much other than it's 11 million to 40 ratio of what you're seeing and experiencing in the world is happening subconsciously versus consciously like so there's a lot that we're not even fully aware that we that we do like if you had a camera on yourself all day long you went back and watched it you'd be like oh i didn't know that i'd do that stupid <laughs> tick thing i didn't know that i i had this little thing like you know when i eat or i didn't know that when you when you when you when you enter into a room you have this weird step thing that you do because it's all unconscious patterns um i want to stick here one more thing though because i I do want to i do want to bring up dating apps just because it's kind of top of mind because i had a a recent client it's the same thing right you know i had these guys it's like you know shut off the social media but then they're swiping right swiping left for two three hours a day on tinder what is the act of swiping on a dating profile at its fundamental level it, it is objectifying Women, I'm going to look at an image or two and I'm going to make a a decision in a handful of seconds on whether or not I'm interested in possibly pursuing a relationship. Anybody that's going to tell me that's not objectifying, you don't understand the definition of the word. And if we realize as porn addicts, we have trained and conditioned and wired ourselves to look at every woman in the world as a sexual object for our own pleasure, getting into the dating app, you're just feeding that animal even more. And that, because what fires together, wires together you're just hardening those neural pathways so subconsciously you're just saying yep you're the guy that sub- you're the guy that objectifies you're the guy that objectifies you're the guy that objectifies so it's at the end of the day when willpower is down you know at the end of the day when you're when, you, when your energy is low you're not fully conscious aware of everything that's going on that's how you find yourself literally three hours into it just looking for pornography not even the act of masturbating because that's dopamine is tied to motivation not completion right. So you're going to, you're getting the, you're getting the dopamine in the pursuit of like perfect porn video. Yeah. Yeah. That's the two, two, three hours. I I remember Terry Crews talking about when he confronted it, uh, you know, it would start at night and the next thing he would know the sun's come up. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you have Terry on the show? I did not. I did. This was was something I, boy, I've tried to talk to him. Please trust me. You and me me both. You and me both. But no, I heard, I heard him. um, I believe it was on my buddy Ryan's podcast. We was on order of man where he talked about what he looked forward to. Like in his movie set days was when he knew that it was going to be away and they would get rained out or something, or like the, the shoot would be canceled for whatever reason. Cause he knew at this point I'm going back to the hotel curtains are coming down room's going to be dark and i'm just going to sit there for 8 10 12 hours a day just looking just looking for it and he's a, one of those examples you know an example for people that you know like 
maybe doubt us of how much this is a problem. I mean, look at how that guy looks. Does he look like this is a struggle? You know, looking at you now and all the work that you do, I would have never have guessed. Yeah. And that was, so, I mean, that, that was a big driver for me. I mean, obviously Terry has been an inspiration and just seeing, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been a fan of his work for, for a long time and, and, and I didn't know until I really got into what I'm doing, but I was pushed. I was pushed by the men in my life. And then I really felt the call of God. It's like, because right. When you think about the, like when, when, when most people hear porn addiction, they, uh, there's no such thing or they think, Oh, that's, Oh, that's for those, you know, those squirmy guys or, you know, those guys that just can't, you know, can't have success with women or, you know, the guy that's like living at mom's house or whatever. Still like, I'm like, let's debunk all that. Cause I made a ton of money. I slept with a lot of beautiful women. I'm not bragging about any of that. Um, I've dated beautiful women. I've, I've, I've competed in, you know, world bodybuilding shows and in, 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 in state titles in bodybuilding. And, um, you know, like I'm, I've, I've worked in the community, like I'm, I'm a, a public figure, not at, you know, not at Terry's level, but I wanted to show that, Hey, it doesn't matter. Like if you've been studying human performance, it doesn't matter how quote unquote, your success may appear on the outside. This is like every addiction. Yeah. It's 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 the same, and it doesn't matter who who you are. Porn doesn't care your social status. Yeah. Pornography doesn't care how much money is in your bank account. Pornography doesn't care how much muscle you have. It wants to hijack your brain. It wants to hijack your heart, and it wants to keep you hooked on it. Yeah. So that 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 was a big reason for me too, as well. Is like I, I I felt I was called and needed here. Yeah, I thought well, and I'm glad that you were now. If, can we jump back? Cause I want to share yeah. some of the context for the listener. Um, childhood, you, you mm. said pretty early on started with you. Uh, tell me, tell me what was going on. Cause I'm, I'm guessing there's a big T trauma in there somewhere. Just speculating. Yeah, man. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a big T trauma moment. Okay. Um, you know, I, I will tell you that I didn't come from the greatest home. I, I love both my parents. They, they're, they're very active in my life here today. I live one, I live less than one and a half miles from my father and I live six miles from my mom. I see them both weekly. Um, so I love my parents. I, we have an amazing family, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't the happiest home. I mean, maybe I'm going to reveal some trauma here to myself. As I, I'm kind of thinking about what I'm going to say here. I was like, ah, you might've lied there a little bit. Um, one of my first memories ever was like my dad kind of, you know, tearing, tearing the house apart, you know, mm-hmm. anger, throwing things, ripping, you know, ripping the mailbox out of the front yard and throwing it across the street. Um, just very angry, um, very destructive. He never placed his hands on my mom, which I hold a lot of respect for that. Um, but he was angry. Um, and, and he has his own issues with alcohol. Um, you know, and that's, that's that. So growing up, that's, that's what I saw is I saw my dad. Um, I saw my cousin take his life at 14, 15 years old. I saw my dad's cousin take his life in his late thirties. Um, so I come from a lineage of drug addiction, of alcohol, of suicide. So when I was struggling through my teenage years, just with like thoughts of inadequacy or, um, you know, thoughts of depression when I was young, I was like, Oh, this is like, I'm just, this is just, this is just who, this is just who we are. Like, like we're these people that like are never going to be fully happy. Now what I did now, what that did drive me to do that drove me to try to become very successful financially and very successful in my career. So there was a moment when I was 12 or 13, I spent the summer at my nephew's house, not my nephew, my cousin. Um, he's a year, about a year, year and a half older than me. So I was 12, 13. So this summer I was around 14, 15 year old boys and girls. 
um, or, or young, young men and young women. And I can remember a, a day at the pool where everybody was swimming and I didn't feel comfortable taking my shirt off. Um, so that, that stuck with me for, for a long time. And that was really what got me into bodybuilding my late mm-hmm. teens and early twenties, because I never wanted to feel like that again. I never wanted to not be comfortable taking my shirt off. Um, but the introduction to porn, I, you know, I think, I, I think I kind of, you know, mentioned it here at the beginning came at six years old. So, you know, nosy kid, just like every single one of us were, I'm kind of snooping around parents' house and, you know, going to dad's drawer and happen to see something that made me feel a little, you know, curious inside. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you'd seen, you know, you seen, you know, your sister's body in the bathing suit or, you know, at this point you'd, you seen your parents naked when you're that young. It's like, there's something different about, you know, these, these bodies. Um, so that, you know, I wouldn't say that was the beginning of the addiction because how does a six-year-old get addicted to pornography when sure. you have to have magazines for it? Um, but we got the internet around 15, 16, so maybe a decade later. I had still, you know, would go look at dad's magazines or we'd steal them from the, you know, the gas station and take right. them out to the woods and whatnot. All, all stuff that, you know, kids in our generation did, I would assume, right? Um, Absolutely 15, nailed it. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's exactly what we did. Yeah. 15, 16, I think is when we got the internet. So, you know, probably within that first hour I have a computer in my, you know, in my room, it's like, I'm on the chat rooms and it's like, are there naked pictures here on this thing? Now I don't have to go into the, uh, to, to dad's drawers anymore. Um, and this was, you know, this was slow, like dial up. So, you know, like if you were trying to masturbate, it's like, you would be done before the, the <laughs> downloaded. Yeah. Um, when it really became a problem though, was in my early twenties. So I was working in the wireless industry at the time. This is early 2000s. So think Motorola Razor, um, in terms of like the cell phones. So that, that was the, the, the era that I was, that I was doing it. Um, this is also the time that BlackBerry, you know, was big. They, yeah. they were, you know, they were the precursor to the iPhone. Um, I believe I was one of the first maybe hundred people in the world to have the color, you know, the colored screen BlackBerry. So right. think what I found on, you know, my bedroom on the computer. Now I had this computer in my pocket 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So being kind of a regional manager, you know, you worked at a different malls, you worked at different locations, you're driving all around. Like it just basically became like, now I got porn in my pocket. If I'm driving, you know, from one one store to the other, I'm watching in the car, you know, um, if I'm stressed at work, I'll just run up to, you know, the Dillard's or the Macy's, they got these private bathrooms in there, you know, you can get real quiet and intimate. I'd watch porn and masturbate like in, 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 in public places. So for me, it, it, it really became, I guess, what would be an addiction around that age. Now, was I looking at it at, at, and through that lens back then? Absolutely not. No. You know, because for me, like my, my dad, so my introduction to pornography and men was that, oh, men have this thing and they keep it a secret from yeah. everybody. So I was just following the patterns, right? Like I'm going to be consuming pornography and nobody's going to know about it. That was the pattern that I had been, you know, I had been taught, not taught, but I just seen. So that became my pattern. Um, and honestly, man, like, because it didn't impact or affect anything else I was doing, like I never, I never really like yeah. thought about, I never really thought about. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And maybe it's a little weird that, you know, I'm doing it this much, but remember, like I had already thought that there was something different about me. I'd already mm-hmm. thought, oh, you got drugs in your family. At least you're not going down that hole. Oh, you're, you're, you got some issues with drinking here. You're drinking every day, but you're still showing up to work. You're still making a lot of money. So that's not your thing here. Just accept this because it's not really affecting you in any negative way 
way. Um, and then, you know, 20s, you know, you get into some serious relationships, you know, you, you start getting caught with things that create massive fights and that, and then you start projecting things off. Well, well, if you were, you know, if you were giving me what I wanted, you know, this wouldn't right. be the case or, you know, you start becoming the victim to them in reality, you're the one that's creating all of these, all these scenarios. Um, so to kind of speed up here, man, I mean, you know, bodybuilding, entrepreneurship, succeeding, all, all these things. Like that was the projection to the world, like success, success, success. Meanwhile, depression, anxiety, you know, lack of like insecurity, like just, am I, am I ever going to be enough? Why, why does, even though I'm making all this money and, and, and I'm achieving these bodybuilding things and I'm dating all these beautiful women, like, why does my life still suck? And I still wouldn't look at the porn as the, as, as the, the, the reason behind it. Um, it wasn't until Jason, I joined a business mastermind, um, in 2017 that my life began to change in the right direction. It still mm. took a couple years, but it was joining a group. So I had, I had a ticket brokerage. What we did is we bought and resold concerts, sporting mm. events, theater shows, comedy, so forth and so forth. Think StubHub on like a level one scale, sure. uh, is, is, is what we do. We're actually partners with StubHub. We use their site for a lot, a lot of our distribution, but that was not a passionate business. It was uh, a money-making machine. So it wasn't something I wanted to do for a long time. Um, so as I was ready to exit that, I was like, I wanted to get into online fitness coaching. I'd worked in gyms. I held some clients on the side writing workouts and programs. I was like, I'm ready to really scale. Like I really want to make this yeah, thing yeah. massive and I want to make online fitness, you know, my life. I want to be able to do this full time. So I hired a business coach to help me build my first program. And as a part of that business coaching, I received a ticket to an event in, uh, in, in Toronto. And it was at that event for the first time that I was around, you know, like strong Christian men. So it's a, it's a business organization, but it's led by somebody that really puts their faith in, 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 yeah. in front of everything that they do. And their dad's a pastor. So he brought his, he brought his dad up at the end of the event, shared a little message. Um, and something there spoke to me, you know, it was, it was interesting cause I didn't know back then, but I also met some amazing people, um, at, at, at that event. Actually, Josh, who I was telling you the story about with the, yeah. I love you. I met him at that event. Um, so as I returned back to Tampa from leaving Toronto, I started to spend a lot of time here locally with guys that were part of this group. You know, they had these regular workouts I'd go to weekly where we would train together, we'd have lunch, we'd do all these amazing things. About 18 months of just showing up, I just, once again, I began to see and witness different type of men. Um, and this led me to, you know, finding and discovering my, my faith in August of 2018. It was actually with Josh um, in Orlando on Church Street. Um, he had flown down from Philadelphia. An incredible story. It's the episode one on, on, on the Superman Life. Everybody wants the full length details there. Um, but it was outside of a, of a steakhouse on Church Street uh, that I gave my life to Christ on October 22nd of 2018. In 18. Um, in those next four months, man, it was it was me, you know, really evaluating who I was and how I was living. So I made a lot of, you know, choices and decisions to really clean myself up. Um, then starting with alcohol. So, you know, as it turned into 2019, like New Year's was was the last time I drank for a while. I mean, I've, I've reintroduced alcohol to a just because I never felt like I had a major, major problem sure. with it, but I'll have a glass of wine here and there, drink at dinner if, 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 but I went 18 months without a sip. Um, cause I wanted to prove that to myself that I could do that. Um, alcohol, drugs, all, all these things. And, and it leads us back to that gym where we were working at. Well, let me add another part in here because sure. 
Um, around the same time of finding my faith was the time I stumbled across a podcast. Um, and it was, it was, uh, it was actually my mentor, uh, who's interviewing a, a gentleman by the name of Michael John Cusick. Michael John Cusick is the author of surfing for God. Um, and he runs an incredible therapy and organization out, out West helping men find freedom. But the, 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 the thesis behind the book surfing for God is that, you know, any man that knocks on a brothel door, this is a quote from GK Chesterton, any man that knocks on a brothel door is searching for, for God. So when uh -huh. we're online and we're searching for pornography, all we're doing is trying to fill the empty, you know, the empty hole in our heart yeah. that only God can fill. Um, so that was an interesting, um, podcast listening or one because it's very new in my faith but it was also the first time i heard two grown men that i highly respected openly discuss their own personal struggles with porn and porn addiction um so that was kind of the the aha moment oh maybe sure. porn addiction is a real thing like i wasn't familiar with no fap forums like i wasn't that guy um so i didn't know that there was actually like these whole communities out there where guys were trying to do this together for me it was like i heard a podcast i then read gary willis's book your brain on porn i listened to some ted talks i looked at the research and i'm like hmm all of this makes a whole lot of sense to me there might be something to this and it wasn't until again i heard another man Share it with me. So I was back at the gym working out with the guys at Critical Bench, uh, Thursday, July 4th, I'm sorry, Thursday, February 14th, 2019. So it's ironic uh, that it is the day of love, you know, whatever that is, Hallmark, whatever. But um, sure. I had been in a relationship with, with a woman that I, you know, was in love with at the time, or at least I thought I was. And, you know, I foresaw a future, but I also didn't foresee a future unless things change within me. So as I'm sitting there with my friend Zach, who's incredibly strong man like alpha marine just fit he's like dude like out of nowhere we're having a conversation he's like dude i, I just want to tell you about this breathing exercises that i'm doing um yeah. it's helping me harness my sexual energy and i'm not looking at porn anymore and i was like what did, what did, like what, what are you just talking about because we we weren't talking about porn he and i never discussed porn issues with it struggling with it addiction i'm like say that again zach he's like yeah man like this breathing is helping me stay away from porn i was like well why why does that matter he's like dude you don't understand he's like i've been addicted to this thing for a decade now zach is marine like he fought right. for our country in afghanistan he's like bro when i was like when i was overseas man it would be five six times a day the military just feeds it to you. Um, so I kind of felt like there was an opportunity there for me with him sharing. I was like, bro, I got to tell you something like, it's crazy that you're saying this because here's what I've been looking into. Here's the Ted talk that I listened to. Yeah. Here's the books that I'm reading. I think I got a major problem as well. And I just felt right then and there, like this weight being lifted off of me. It's like, wow, I just admitted something I never told anybody else about. Um, it felt good. It felt really yeah, good. I bet. Yeah, for real. And I was like, Zach, dude, like, I don't know why this came up here today, man, but I just want to thank you because I think you just changed my life. I'm like, yeah. I'm so sick and tired, man. I'm sick and tired of this being inside of me. I'm sick and tired of this being a part of my life. I'm ready and committed to change. But I need two things to happen here, Zach. Um, are you with me? He's like, absolutely, dude. Anything you need, man. I was like, I need you to be my accountability partner. Um, I just knew back then, man, like that I was not going to be able to do this thing by myself. I was like, will yeah. you be there, man? Like if I'm having a tough day, will you? Will, can I reach out to you? Will you check in on me regularly? Just make sure I'm living right and looking at the right things. He's like, absolutely, man. I love you, dude. And I was like, wow, I love you too. I was like, the next thing is Stephanie needs to know. Um, he's like, you sure? I was like, yeah. absolutely, man. I've been lying for 35 years, dude. I'm done. I'm yeah. done lying. 
Um, so it was interesting. I had about 35, 40 minute drive home that day, Jason, and the lies are just creeping in, man. You don't need to say nothing, man. Like, she's not going to know. What are you doing? You really like this, don't you? It feels so good. Like, Zach will never know. Just keep it, man. Like, it's not like, look at how, look, like, look at how successful you've been. Like, you'll be able to still go out and, and win. So I actually didn't say anything to her that night. It wasn't until the next morning. Um, I think it was just on my heart, man. And, and I think God was talking to me. So, I went into my my closet so because i've been caught so many times in previous relationships it got to the point jason where i had a secret laptop oh shit it was a, a laptop that sat in my closet and it only came out when i was by myself there was a different login password it had nothing downloaded on it was simply there for me to consume pornography so as i pulled out of the closet and i walked into the bathroom where Stephanie was getting ready i was like hey babe i need to tell you something um she's like what's what's the computer what's that i'm just just stick with me and i just dumped it all man i'm like i know you know that i've been watching this thing because i used to ask her right you know like hey do you want to watch porn with me i think it'll make sure. our sex life a little bit better um i'm like i know you watch it i know you know that i watch it but i don't think you really understand you know how severe this has been and i just shared everything you know found it when i was six you know the internet thing you know finding the download thing the cell phone you know getting on the blackberry the the 20 years the secret computer all this and that i'm like i'm so sick and tired of this stephanie like i'm committed and i want you to see me do this so I took the laptop. It always sounds more impressive if you say you ripped the laptop apart with two hands, but they're actually made in two different pieces. <laughs> right. I, just, I just took the laptop and I kind of separate, you know, I just ripped it for where it was actually put together. Um, so now I'm here holding, you know, two two pieces of laptop in, in my hand. I was like, see, like I'm, I'm, I'm done and I'm sick and tired. And she's like, good. But it was still kind of awkward because we we're like, what do we, what do we, what do we do now? I was like, well, I need to go make a phone call. Um, so I called Zach and I told him, and then the next thing I did is I recorded a video message uh, for my friend Josh, who, you know, he, he was my spiritual mentor. You know, he was the one there yeah. with me um, when, when I gave my life to Christ. And I said, hey man, I just want to thank you, you know, for everything you've done for me over these past couple of months. I'm going to share something here with you today that I don't think you've ever known. Maybe you've, maybe you've thought these things about me, but here's the truth. And I just dumped it, man. I was like, 20-year porn addiction, da-da-da-da-da, the whole story. Um, I'm like, but I'm done, man. And I'm going to prove this to you. I'm like, here's was the computer where I watched pornography. I'm like, it's going in the garbage. Um, and here's the amazing part, Jason, is as I'm ending that video message, like I look, I look in the camera and I was like, Josh, I don't know what's coming out of this, but something great will happen uh, yeah. and you know here here we are man you know three plus years later chills uh, you know chills there, I, I still get them in every time i tell it dude but that's so cool like the conversation we we're having with zach in the gym and all these things it just shows how when we change uh, it's it's one of the sayings i stick to we can't get uh healthy in the same environment that made us sick and that's mm. the changing of ways the people that we're around with our interactions and everything and it's so cool to hear how, for you it just kind of you got your higher power which many a people i think with any 12-step program struggle or just getting clean period if uh, i encourage it's something you explore whatever it means to you i'm more along the lines of you mm -hmm. uh, but that's what works for me but yeah, it's so cool how all this stuff and you were just like, I'm going to change my environment. I am going to become transparent and live this life. And Frank, isn't it so much fucking easier to live that way where you're just like, 
Ah, oh, dude. Goodness. Yeah. No. So I, I, I love this, man. I, I, I rewrote the narrative, you know, in my yeah. mind about it. Right. Like when you, when you open up and you just admit you, 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 you release that power, like when it's held secret and nobody knows about it, that thing outside of you has control if it's a secret. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I get a lot of men that come to me like struggling with confidence, struggling with confidence with women, struggling with confidence with themselves. It's a whole lot easier to demonstrate confidence when you're walking in integrity. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it, man. Uh, Frank, um, we're going to do some random questions. I'm going to leave you with some final, uh, with the final thoughts, but, uh, and hopefully we can do this again down the road. Cause I got so much more I could talk Any, to you about. Anytime brother. Anytime. Oh yeah. Man. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, the work you're doing, your book, how can they, how can they get, uh, in touch with you? Absolutely, man. Well, yeah, I mean, um, anybody that wants to download uh, the seven step guide, um, it's a free, it's a free book, seven yep. steps to living life without porn. Um, you can get that at literally the seven step Just spell out the word seven. Um, if you know, if you guys are more interested in, you know, maybe like some, some, some tips and tricks and not tricks, but some real practical advice. So we do a lot on YouTube, um, a video a day. Um, so you can find that at coach Frank Rich connect with me personally. Just find me on Instagram. Coach Frank Rich, send me a message um, to explore more about Rebuilt Recovery. It's rebuiltrecovery.com. Anybody that maybe wants to check out the podcast, that's at the Superman Life. Um, any any platform where we're on. We'll make sure to throw that in the uh, description link for everybody. All right, Frank, this is where we just have some fun. I just asked some random questions. Um, if you could have dinner with any one person, living or not, who would it be? And my let. Really? Why? You know, I think when, 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 when you have people that truly inspire you, and this is Ed's work, right? Like Ed talks about the difference between motivation and inspiration. When you have people that ultimately like inspire you, like, like to your core, and this is what Ed does to me. I think it's because you see parts of yourself in them. Yeah. Um, so I just want, I, I, I know people that know Ed um, and they've described the energy in the room when he's there. I would like to, I'd like to be able to witness and experience that. And I have a lot of questions I'd like to ask Ed. <laughs> Absolutely. <A lot. laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Ed, do you have about seven hours? <laughs> <laughs> he may give, knowing, knowing some of the things I've heard about Ed, he may give it to me. Yeah. Uh, those are the coolest situations, aren't they? When you can and sit and have that, you know, yeah. that's what I like. I love doing this, but sometimes I wish I had more than kind of trying to get a good hour out for people. That's uh, that's helpful. Cause I can probably sit here and go, Hey Frank, let's just go ahead and get lunch, man. We'll come on back. We'll just chat over lunch. Oh shoot. Yeah. But that, I mean, I, that, and that, and that was why that was a tough question for, for me to answer. Right. Because I mean, with, with the podcast, like I've been able to speak and interview a lot of the people that I would, I would want to, sure. like, that is the amazing thing with, with this, you know, platform, this content platform, it's like selfishly, like it's, it's just making us better. Um, so yeah, I think it would be at, and, and Jesus, obviously that was going to be yeah. my first, I was like, no, you want to need a better answer than that. Yeah. I thought you were going to go when, when I talked with Lamar Odom, that's what he said. He was the first person to answer Jesus. And it's like, okay, somebody's finally said that <laughs> I was waiting on that one. Um, pet peeves. What are some things that just irk you and maybe put you into that having to do some breathing uh, practices or whatever else? People that live in victim mindset. Oh yeah. That's tough. That's tough to, uh, 
how do you work on that with the people that the men that you do work with and realizing that a lot of it's self victimizing questions? Yeah. Like good coaching is, is the ability to ask the right questions. Mm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't ever want it to come across. Like I have the answers for anybody's problems. I want to help them reveal the answers to themselves. Um, and because I pay a lot of attention to, to language, the words, I think the words that we use, the words that we say carry a lot of power over us. It's very easy within a matter of minutes meeting somebody if they're a victim, like they just, they reveal themselves to you through the words that they say. Yeah. I'm, I, I've become a little more attuned to that. Um, so it's interesting to hear you say that. Through this, right? I mean, through this, right? Like when you spend, you know, when you spend your life in conversation and you begin to look at it as an art form, right? That's kind of what we do here. There's, there's an element of, you know, artistic, uh, conversation that, that I believe we're at least aiming towards that we succeed. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but at least, you know, when, when, when you do spend your life living and you've been very intentional about improving that you pay a lot of attention to a number of words, the words that you speak. But when you begin to pay attention to the words that you speak, the words that other sp people speak or the words that people speak, just reveal themselves to you. Uh, most important thing you do when you first wake up in the morning. Get out of bed. Yeah. Truthfully, truthfully, because I, I think, uh, I think hitting snooze is one of the most destructive things that people can do for the overall quality of their life. Uh, total transparency, still one of my biggest struggles. Still. Put the phone across the room. Okay. <laughs> I left my girlfriend, Cassandra. Hey, gentlemen, I told you about Frank that I was going to be talking to. He said phone across the room because we're both guilty. I think we've got different times that go yeah. off and it's like a uh, bad cycle. Well, I mean, so I, I, I would advise keep the phone out of the room. Um, cause you're just, you're, you're just opening up the gateway to bad, to bad behavior patterns. Right. Sure. You know, and I'm speaking obviously more to the men that I work with. I think that maybe some people have the ability to maybe have their phone and not have it be a compulsive issue, but most of us do struggle with compulsions in and around our phones. So once again, 11 million data points in, in our subconscious mind, right? So if our subconscious mind knows that that phone and everything in the world is with arms reach away, it will find it but why i would say put it across the uh, you know put whatever alarm clock you're using across the floor because when it goes off you have to get up and walk over there to turn it off and there you're forced to make a conscious decision do i turn it off and hit snooze and return back to bed walk over or now that i'm already up like i'm i'm already awake i know that an extra five minutes is not going to improve the overall quality of my day. So I might as well just kickstart my day by getting the things done that need to be done. And this is all derived from, you know, Ed Milet's, you know, definition of, of, of confidence. Confidence is built and kept by keeping the small promises you make to yourself. Hmm. Well, the first promise you make to yourself is what time you're going to wake up. If you don't keep that promise, you are already starting the day out. Oh, for one in the confidence building chart. I'll be damned. I never thought of it that way. Damn it, Frank. Now you just put something <laughs> on me. But I'm appreciative because it's uh, that's the mode I'm in now. It's yeah, like, man. I don't yeah, I don't think that damn it. Like, damn it, you're trying to make me better, Frank. Stop doing that. <laughs> right? Why would you? Uh, I know it now. I'm gonna DM you later and ask you another question that'll help me grow as a man. Uh oh, a last uh, random question here. This is always uh, an interesting one. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh man. Dude. Tough, right? 
I, I like I I instantly went like I want to read people's minds, but then I was like, no, I do not want. That. I don't want to know what's going on, um, in there, man. Um, ah, superpowers, man. I feel like I'm. I feel like I have it all, dude. Like honestly, um, time travel, but I don't know if that's a superpower. Sure, um, why not? I think there's probably been superpowers. Yeah, but why time travel? You have a particular place you'd want to go, like time era and location. <laughs> Jokingly, like I want to go back to like the beginning of time and just be like, <laughs> Adam, don't bite the apple, dude. Come on. <laughs> um, that's I mean, just that's kind of facetious. Um, uh, no, I mean, good. I think it'd be cool. So I, I I went to the Biltmore um, over over the summer in Asheville, um, and um, God, what's the family's name now? Um, my mind just went blank. So whoever was the, uh, the, 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 the family that built the Biltmore estate, mm -hmm. um, learning about um, the gentleman who so was 32 when he commissioned the house, walking through his library. I'm a big, big reader. Um, I think it'd be cool to go back in time and have a conversation with him. Um, I think it'd be cool to, you know, just just witness kind of like the um, like the building of this of this country. So I had yeah. I had um, my sixth generation great grandfather uh, fought in the Revolutionary War, which I just found out a couple weeks ago. Um, so you know, I'm an all blood, you know, I'm an all blood, all American man. I love I love our country. I love what it stands for. I love what it's built upon. Um, I think being able to go back in time and shake his hand uh, would be something really really special. That would be cool. Hey, Frank, uh, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm going to keep in touch with you and be reaching out. So, uh, you know, if I get too annoying with questions, you just let me know. Hey, I normally charge people for this, pal. Uh, but uh, if you could drop any advice, anyone that's not necessarily struggling with pornography or addiction per se, just some of those life challenges that, that, that maybe you would drop on one of your clients, what might that be? Yeah, and, and first of all, Jason, thank thank you for today, man. If brother, reach out, reach out anytime, man. And if you want to do round two, three, four, five, six, seven, man, I really enjoyed uh, this conversation. A whole lot different yeah. than than a lot. Tell me your story and um, all the stuff. So I, I really, I really appreciate today, man. Um, no, I think you know, I, I I I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit. You know, I don't think a lot of people. I think a lot of people accept um, limitations that are pressed upon them um, through parenting, through society, through culture. Um, so, you know, a piece of advice is, is, is you are stronger than you're giving yourself credit for. And there's a dream in your heart right now. There's something that that's what there's something that keeps you up or there's something that pulls you out of bed or, you know, when everything is going perfect um, and you sit there and you think about like, what would be the, 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 the most perfect life or most meaningful life. We all have this dream. That dream is placed there for a reason. And I use the word placed very intentionally um, And everything you need to bring that dream to reality is inside of you. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to do what's necessary and you're willing to have faith and allow time uh, to, to work itself out, I believe we all can go out and create what I've coined our own superhuman life. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. 
That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.